All right, Judges chapter 16 and verse 1. Now Samson went to Gaza. Where is Gaza? No. <laughs> Galestine, Gaza is in Israel, but guess who owns it? Philistines. We know in uh, current modern history that one of the tested places in Israel is the Gaza Strip. That's where the Philistine lords were in that area. Now, Samson went to Gaza, that he's supposed to be delivering the people from Israel from there, and he seems to always be going to it. And he saw a harlot there and went into her. When the Gazites were told Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city, and they were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. Now, it says that they were quiet. And they uh, set the set of traps so that in the morning they would come and they would kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city, and the two goat, um, gateposts pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. So here's their plan. Let's lock up the city. He can't get out. We'll lay in wait for him. And in the morning, when he comes to get out the gates, we'll get him and we'll kill him. But he gets up at midnight. And he leaves, sees the doors of the gates of the city closed, takes hold of them, pulls them out, post and everything, and then carries them all the way up to the top of the mountain. They must have been pretty heavy. Gates to a city are not small little gates like you have at your fence, anything like that. These are sizable gates. And he went and picked them up. He was, you know, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he carried those gates up the hill and then left them there for them. So they'd have to, without the anointing of God, carry those things back down. Now, of course, he went uphill. They're going downhill. It's got to be a little bit easier for them. But some really interesting problems come up with these couple of verses here. First off, he goes over to Gaza. And for no other purpose than to go to the harlot's house. Pays the money. Goes inside. And while he's there, they come up with a plan. And Samson gets up at midnight. Why does Samson get up at midnight? Is it possible that God warned Samson while he's in the harlot's chamber in the enemy camp and says, they're coming for you? <laughs> Why does he get up? Now, if you think that's not possible, when he comes to the gates and he finds them closed, the anointing of God comes on him as he leaves the harlot's house to leave the enemy of the Philistines, picks up the gates and carries them away. Now, this doesn't this create some problems for you? <laughs> Why does the anointing of God come on a man who had no other purpose than to go into the enemy's camp where he's supposed to be delivering Israel from, to go into a harlot and then leave and doesn't kill any Philistines? Doesn't deliver Israel at all. All he does is take care of Samson's needs, which is, I need to get out of the city. But the anointing of God comes on him. If the anointing of God comes on him to carry the gates of the city, is it far-fetched to think that the anointing of God would have come on him to warn him that the enemy was there? I mean, sometimes we got to just... The devil comes on us sometimes to think, to make us think that, well, God's against you because you sinned. How many times has the enemy come against us because, you know, we acted, we, we stepped out of love? 
we weren't as friendly, we weren't as nice, we did something we shouldn't have done, we didn't spend as much time in the Word, we didn't spend some as much time in prayer, we did something, and then he wants to come and disqualify us for why God's not going to move on our behalf. I mean, has the devil ever done that to you? I know he's done it to me a bunch of times. He always wants to come and disqualify us. You can't ask God for that. You got no right to be healed. You got no right to be delivered. You got no right to be set free. Look what you did. Look what you were thinking. Look how you acted. And we say, yeah, I guess not. I need to. That's a works mentality. And not a grace mentality. That's a works mentality. Let's get into that place where, well, it's by works. No, faith works by grace. Grace is involved with faith, isn't it? But understand this. Mercy is not. It's, it's grace. It's the grace of God that comes in and helps us with faith. Mercy prevents us from getting those things that we deserve. But grace opens the door for us to get those things we don't deserve. And that's where faith comes in. Faith works. Faith and grace work together. But we all, a lot of times, want to get our works in there. And we begin to think, well, I need to do a certain thing. And I, I need to be at least good for a day. <laughs> you know, in order to get God. He comes right out of the harlot's chamber and carries the gates of the city away. Now, this is not saying go ahead and do whatever you want to and God will help you. <laughs> I'm saying he's in a bad spot here and God still comes through for him, but this, this is going to run out. <laughs> His time is coming. It's going to run out. Don't keep pushing this. Don't keep pushing them. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. He understands the grace of God, but thank God for the mercy of God because he should have gotten some things by now that he, uh, he just didn't get. But we can look at some things from Samson and stop disqualifying ourselves from things that God wants to do while the enemy comes over us and tries to Tell us, well, he won't do that. He's not going to do these things for you. So he uses the great anointing that God has put on him to carry gates. Now, this is nothing but a nuisance for the people of the Philistines. They got to, you know, bring the gates down and reset the post and do all this sort of stuff. They got to do it tomorrow. They can't wait it anymore because the whole city is exposed. But all that Samson did was Samson lusted after the physical beauty of this prostitute. We don't even know her name. Her name is not important. For Samson, the fact that this woman, this harlot, was doing things against the Word of God didn't bother him at all. He saw that she's beautiful. And that's it. And you would think that's bad enough, but you know, he's got away with it. There's a lot of times we get away with things and the anointing keeps hitting us. And so we begin to think, you know what? I can keep going. I can keep doing more. I was listening to uh, Ethel's Servers from last Wednesday, and I thought, boy, Samson would have done well to have listened to that. <laughs> but he didn't do it. Because <laughs> temptation can come, and I'll tell you what, it sure is. He, did, he never tried to avoid temptation. Temptation came, he'd welcome it. Come on, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's get some things done here. So verse 4, afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Now we get her name. And her name is very famous. But it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek. Now, the valley of Sorek, it means choice vine. What do you think is there? <laughs> wine. What's he supposed to stay away from? Wine. Wine. Yeah. Wine. wine. <laughs> Dead things. Such stuff. Like he's got the Nazarite vow. He keeps flirting around with the stuff he's not supposed to be involved with. And that's our problem as Christians. We flirt around with things that we're not supposed to be involved with. We keep hanging around. Brother Hagin used to always tell us, if you play around a mud hole, my mom used to tell us too, though. If you play around a mud hole soon, long enough, you're going to fall in. 
You know, you're just going to fall in. You just, that's what happens. There's no accident that you fell into the mud hole. You were hanging around it. You were doing things. You're going to slip. You're going to slide. You're going to fall into the thing. That's just how it happens. But, you know, especially boys, it's always an accident. We didn't mean for it to happen that way. Now, with uh, if you look at Samson's history, he probably started out the way he did with these other women. He looked at her, saw that she was physically attractive, and lusted after her. But something changed, and he began to fall in love with her. It says that he loved the woman. So before, it was start out with just, well, she looks pretty. Now his emotions are involved. Have you ever had your emotions become involved in something that you know God doesn't want you in? <laughs> yeah, Samson's here. He's right here. He can, he can, you can relate to this because this is where Samson is. You know, we start off, we know we shouldn't have gotten involved, but now our emotions now got it. Now, that, now we're hooked. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's just, you know, there's, there's one thing. I, I messed up on a whole lot of things growing up. But one thing I had down was, don't date women who don't go to church. I had that one down. I had it down good. If there was a woman, even if she looked pretty, if she didn't go to church, I can give her the time of day. I was not missionary dating. I didn't even talk to them. You don't go to church, see you. I, I want nothing to do with them. You don't go to church. I want to talk to you. Because, you know, if you talk to them, you can get, you can get involved. You can get involved, you get emotionally involved. And then it gets tough. So I didn't do it. I stayed away from them. Probably helped out. They didn't say that they stayed away from me. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said I stayed away from them. Because <laughs> I had them. They, they'd come after me. They were, not me I, I wasn't the most good looking guy, I guess, growing up. Because I didn't have to fight off that many. A handful of them. <laughs> but uh, just, a, just a handful. But uh, I'll tell you what. Some of them were bold. Some of them were bold. One, one girl gave me her whole life story, her whole dating story, how she was available and how she was promiscuous and how a number of other things. While I'm doing nothing, but all around the store taking, trying to do the order. And I ignored her. She let me know that she was going to be alone for dinner that night. And I said, I'll see you. <laughs> and I left. I was also going to be alone for dinner that night. And I was going to make sure it stayed that way. <laughs> I never told anybody where I stayed at. Never told them. And I always make sure I build in, build in uh, safeguards. Make sure that everybody, every hotel I stayed at always stayed at the same hotel. Build up a relationship with every hotel owner and they all knew I was a pastor. Because I figured if I ever got tempted, I'd have to get it past them. <laughs> what are you doing bringing some girl over here? <laughs> I know I'm, that's not going to happen. So I made sure with, real soon we let them know. And I'd stay with the same hotel for as many years as they could. Just build up a relationship with them. It's just an extra check. Because you get involved emotionally with one who is not godly. Do not think that you will escape. Because if Solomon did not escape, neither will you. If David got in trouble, so will you. Because we're not better than them guys. <laughs> they were good guys. Now, Samson, you might be better than him. I, I wouldn't put him up there. I think I'll, I'll put any of you up against Samson, no problem. But Solomon, there was no one in all the face of the earth who was as wise as Solomon. I don't think we stack up to that too well. And he fell. And, and the Lord even said, if you go into that land, wipe them all out because their women will pull you down. That's what he said. And they'll do it. 
So Samson didn't read that part of Israel's history. <laughs> of course, he thought he was strong. He'd be better. But once your emotions get involved, you will do stupid things. Just know it. If you get let your emotions get involved with someone or a group of people that you should not be, you will do stupid things. How many of you ever watch people do stupid stuff? You ever watch people and just shake your head? Why do they do such <laughs> stupid things? I mean, sometimes you can watch the TV. They make whole TV shows over people doing yes. stupid things. Yes. And you sit there and watch and you just, why are people doing such stupid things? That is, uh, well, you know, we get entertained by, by that sort of thing. But don't do it yourself. <laughs> so he gets involved with this gal named Delilah. Now, he's going to have a problem here with Delilah because he's in love with Delilah, but Delilah is not in love with him. He thinks he can win her over. <laughs> he may know she's not in love with him, but he thinks he can win her over. Or else she's got him totally snowed and he thinks that she is in love with him. But he reaps what he sows. Delilah acts towards Samson the way he acted toward others. She doesn't need him. She doesn't love him the way that he loves her. And she's out to get what she wants or needs and will use anyone to get it. You got to understand there are people out there in the world who will use anyone or anything to get what they want. And if you sever yourself from the anointing of God in that area, the wisdom of God, if you disobey the things of God and go your own way, then you will not recognize it and people will use you. And God will say, walked away from my word. You walked away from my wisdom. Uh, that was the, that was the light. That was your light. You turned away from it. So the Philistines kind of watched Samson. I always wondered about this. You know, Samson is there. He's in and out all the time. They know he's the enemy. But they let him constantly come in and out. They want to get him, but they just never move in. What kind of anointing must come on him? He's got to be like 10 Rambos. Because they don't touch him. They, they let him go as long as he's a free man, as long as he's not bound up. They are not coming near him. They fear this guy. Could you imagine having seen him in action that you would have that kind of fear? And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to afflict him and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Now, men and women each have their own strengths and each have their own weaknesses. Guys, you must recognize a weakness that you have in that if you fall in love with a woman, she can ask you all kinds of things and probably you will try and do it. So you better be careful with who you fall in love with. Because there are many women out there Present company excluded, of course. But there are many women out there whose intentions are not visibly seen on the surface. Now, if you want to find out what their intention is, go get another woman. <laughs> See, the problem is the guys just hang around guys and they talk about the women with the guys. Guys can't read women. Can't do it. You better just realize you cannot read a woman. Just realize it. It's your weakness. You can't do it. But a woman... Can size up a woman really fast. So what you need to do is to have someone who's a woman that you can trust. Number one person, mom. Absolutely the best one. You may not like mom's choice, 
But mom has no other reason than to pick the best one for you. <laughs> she is the best one for you. She is, there is no one better. Now, it may be that you may be able to develop a really good friendship with a woman of your own age that you're not dating and don't intend to date. And that does happen. I had a couple of women when I was growing up and, and we had great conversations. Never, never thought of entering into a dating conversation, but we had great conversations about God. We had great conversations about school, great conversations about things. We developed real, real good friendships. And uh, that, if I ever wanted to, I could probably, if I was ever dating anyone then, it was at college that was going on. Most of the time I was, I was at college, I was in training. When I was in training, I did not date. That's just how it was. I was almost always in training. I took a week off between cross country and prepping for track. One week off. That was it. I could have desserts every day. <laughs> and at the end of that week, it was back into the old regimen. Desserts once a week. And that was it. And no dating. So uh, I didn't ever get to ask them that. But I'd always bring them on home to mom and uh, let mom size them up and, uh, and check them out and you know, I listened to her. I can't say that I always listened to mom right away. <laughs> I wish I could say that. <laughs> but I can't say that I always listened to mom right away. I eventually did. But I, I, a lot of times I just stand up and go, all right, we'll kind of watch this one, see how it goes, and see if it goes this way. And, you know, it, uh, and sometimes you, do, you get yourself into trouble. You know, there's, there's one girl I, I dated, mom didn't meet her. And I was waiting for the day, you know, when she was finally going to get the chance to meet her. And they came on down to Tulsa and they, they got a chance to meet her. And I said, well, Mom, what would you think? Well, she's a really nice girl. But we just don't think she's the one for you. <laughs> Doggone, Mom, come on, why? <laughs> so I listened to that and, and um, uh, asked God. I, I prayed to God. I said, well, Father God, you need to show me why that's, that's so. And he did. I got the chance to see it. And... Uh, but see, I was emotionally involved. Very, tough, very difficult then. She was a Christian. She went to church. Went to the same, same church I did. And um, no problems with any of that. But I saw what the problem was. And I said, yep, that won't work. <laughs> and um, walked away from it. And you had to do that sometimes. But you better listen to mom. She's going to size up women. She'll know in five minutes whether they're any good. It'll take you years to figure it out. <laughs> Just save the time. Talk to mom. <laughs> you may not like her, you, you, but she's going to pick out the best one. She just will. That's just, uh, she is actually looking for a good girl for you. And um, you just, because guys, we cannot size up women. We don't know. My wife sometimes still comes over, hits me on the shoulder. She likes you. No, she, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, she, she gets some, you know, be out there. We're having a conversation with some people. And she'll come away from there. Yeah, that one has a crush on you. No, she doesn't. What are you talking about? No, we're just talking. We can't read women. I know I can't read women. I know I won't ever be able to read women. I don't try. I just go on and have fun. If there's a problem, she'll let me know. If there's a problem with a guy, I will let her know. Because <laughs> you see, guys can read guys. We can read guys as easily as a woman can read women. I think a little bit easier. But I don't know that for sure because I don't know exactly how women read women. I just know how guys read guys. And you know, and, and how, guys, how long does it take you to size up a guy? Hey, minutes. You can figure out motives, intentions, character, the qualities. Of these. I mean, you can tell right You can generally tell by the way they shake your hand. 
What's up with this person? That's just how guys are. Now, women, you may not tell that way. You tell other different ways. I'm not telling you how you read. I'm just telling you how we do. You shake the hand. You, you talk a little bit. You find out some things. Because, you know, there are some boundaries with, with guys. And we know, or we all know what they are. We don't express them. They are not written down. They don't need to be because we all know what they are. <laughs> Isn't that right? And if a guy gets within those boundaries a little too soon, you... All right, this one's a little weird. <laughs> we just know it. This guy's a little bit weird. But, you know, there's a certain pace uh, how you develop the relationship. And if it goes along that certain pace, you, you feel good about it. So we can size up things. We can size up how, they're, how they are with the women. We can do some things. But talk to other people. Just know this. If you can just adopt one thing for your own life... Just realize, if you rely on your wisdom to choose your mate, you will fail miserably. Because you will make a stupid decision. Ah, no, I have the mind of God. Yeah. Until your emotions get involved and then your spirit is all out of the way and now it's just all mind and emotions and, and stuff like that. If you rely on your wisdom to make the right choice for your mate, you will fail. Male or female, I don't care what you are. You will fail. It is not for you to make on your own. You go through the word of God. How many people made their own choice? Generally, someone else is making it for them, isn't it? Yeah, you want real wisdom? Mom and dad, go find me somebody. You don't want to do that? Then get somebody else involved. Otherwise, you are in for a long life of terrible, terrible, terrible fighting, hostility. It, it will not be good. And you will be sorry. Of course, the people who do that won't learn. They will go out and make another decision on their own. Don't make the decision on your own. Samson should tell you this. Solomon should tell you that. All sorts of other people should be able to tell you. Don't make the decision on your own. Because there are a whole lot of Delilahs out in the world. So she is offered money to find out where his strength lies. Delilah never loves Samson. I can prove it to you through, just from the, what's in this, this chapter. She never falls in love with Samson, but Samson's in love with her. Now, the way that a woman loves a man is different from the way that a man loves a woman. It is very different from that. What she is in right now, she is in where she can pretend to love him to get what she wants. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what with what you may be bound to afflict you. <laughs> now, you're standing here on the outside. You are not in love with Delilah. And you hear this. What is your first thought? Why are you asking? Why do you care? Why does it matter to you? Why do you think she... You're, you are immediately suspicious, right? I think Samson is a little bit suspicious too. I think. Because he lies to her, yeah. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Now, we've often said, no history. Because if you learn history, you won't make the mistakes of the past. Did they not try this earlier? Did they not? The Israelites, they get bound up, Samson, with fresh ropes. And they went over to the Philistines and he broke them like they were nothing. If they just would have learned history, they would have been uh, in better shape. If you bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up 
to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with it. Who did the binding? She did. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So, here's the, here's the city. <laughs> Understand what's going on here. And guys, please get this. You are this stupid. All right? If you, if you can just come to the realization that you are this stupid, you are capable of this great stupidity, you will save yourself a whole lot of mistakes. Here it is. He tells her, if you do this, so she binds him, however it is. She puts him to sleep. She, whatever it is that she, whatever it is that she does, but she gets it to, can I just try this? I, I don't know what she does. But somehow, she gets Samson in a position and she binds him up with these things. Has the guys in the room Why all this is going on. We don't know what she did to get him into a state to be relaxed and to sleep. But she had the other guys in the room the whole time. That's telling you what she's doing. And then after she has them all tied up, she wakes him up. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And what's he see? Binding his hands. The very thing that he just told her. And the men come from the room and try and jump him. So the Lord's... Now uh, uh, men are waiting and staying in the room. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, but he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. Kind of like what we heard before. So the secret of his strength was not known. See, Samson is deceived. He is thinking that Delilah will eventually love me. A lot of guys think this about girls that they're dating. You may know some. Well, I know she doesn't love me yet. I know she's not this yet, but she'll get that way. She'll get there. French proverb, put this in your outline. It is easier to abstain than to restrain. In other words, it is a whole lot easier to stay away from a thing than to restrain yourself once you're there. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that wisdom? It is easier to abstain than it is to restrain. It's a whole lot easier to stay out of the relationship than try to restrain yourself in it. It's a whole lot easier than that. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's just better. I know one, one girl I was dating, because I'd always... Uh, Ever since the first girl I dated, I knew I was going to be a pastor. I found out I was going to be a pastor while I was dating a girl. She was in church. She didn't want to tell her parents. She was embarrassed of the fact that I was going to be a pastor and decided that it was better that her parents not know it. So she never told them. Dated another girl after that. And uh, she told her parents and her parents hated me. They were not church-going parents. She was a church-going girl, but parents were not going to church themselves. And uh, we had this number of times where it always came up where being a pastor was a problem. So as I, uh, I think there were like five girls I dated before I married my wife. So as we, we get through there, I get bolder and bolder. And one girl, I dated her for three months. Now dating for her meant I picked her up, we went out for dinner, I dropped her back off at home. <laughs> That's pretty much it. There wasn't a whole lot of things to tie us together. Uh, I think I held her hand a couple of times and that was it. The, and, but I, I thought before I get involved in this relationship, I better find out some things. First off, I wanted to find out, is it a problem that I'm a pastor? And, so, and I already was a pastor at that time. The time I was dating this person, I was already in the ministry, doing things in the ministry. It was no, there's no way to cover it up. Her parents knew they were in church, all that sort of stuff. So that wasn't a problem. We dated for about three months and I went out to dinner with her one time and I sat down and I says, look, is it a problem that I'm a pastor? 
And I asked her, could you ever see yourself marrying a pastor? And she got all frazzled. I mean, we're only dating three months. She got all frazzled. I said, I'm not asking you nothing. I said, I just want to know. Because if you can't ever see yourself marrying a pastor, there's really no sense in us going on with this, is there? And I'll just walk away from it now. And uh, so she was indecisive for a whole week. She couldn't make up her mind. So I made up her mind for her. I walked away. I said, well, that's it. I'm just going to drop this thing. There's no sense in going on with it. I don't want to get myself emotionally involved in a relationship when you don't even want to be involved to begin with. So that's what we did. See? See, that you've got to be careful how involved you get. Don't get physically involved because you get physically involved, you will make a stupider decision. You will. That's just, that's, you will do it. I dated that girl, never, like I said, never did any more, and we held hands. I think I put my arm around her a couple of times. But that was it. Dated another girl after that, and uh, she was in ministry. Surely this could be safe. <laughs> Surely got a better shot. Plus, she was a good distance away. She was not nearby, and, uh, you know, he had to drive an hour and a half just to get there. But she was in ministry. So, you know, they figured this is better, and... Uh, so I drive up every once in a while. We go out for dinner. Loved her parents. Parents were fun. And we had a good time. We just didn't hit it off. It just wasn't, it, there wasn't any kind of relationship that was there. But you see, I never got emotionally involved. I don't even think I held her hand. We just went out and had, had dinner. Never kissed her. Never got myself involved that way at all. I think after about three months, we both just walked away. And we're still friends to this day. If we see each other on the street, hey, how you doing? Not that, you know, streets are an hour and a half apart. I don't know where she's at right now. But, but um, you know, we have, a, we have a good relationship, a great relationship with our parents. We even brought them out here one time to minister year, many, many years ago. I don't think that their parents are, are doing the type of ministry that they were anymore. But uh, that's, it's just better. Just don't get yourself involved. Samson is involved. He's involved physically. He's involved emotionally. He's in love with this woman. And this woman is going to string him along because right now she's dollar signs for him. So... It is easier to abstain than restrain. That's a good one to remember. It's in your outline if you, if you missed it. It is easier to abstain than to restrain. So Delilah was deceived into using others to get what benefited her. That's a deception. People around you are deceived into that. There are, there are people... There are guys out there who will tell girls anything they want in order to get the thing they want. And you better be aware they're out there. And guys, make sure that you don't follow into those, those footprints. Don't do it. Delilah hurt itself. The name means languishing or delicate. <laughs> Does that seem like a weird set of meanings there? The payment that, they, that uh, she's promised... Dakes figured this out about 60 years ago. It came out to about $3,520. So $3,520, multiply out by whatever you need to to figure it out what it is in today's dan- stand- standpoint. And that's what Samson was worth to Delilah. Then Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you m- may be bound with. All right? You told me what it was the first time. I tried it on you. It didn't work. <laughs> so tell me the real thing. How stupid... Can a guy get? We're going to find out. So he said to her, If you bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and 
Be like any other man. Therefore Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And the men were lying in wait, staying in the room. But he broke them off his arms like a thread. Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me, Tell me what you may be bound with. So (laughs) two times he tells her and she tries it on him. You would think, surely he's, all right, he, he was suspicious before. Now he knows what she will do. And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom, have you all know what that is? Give you a good picture. (laughs) Nope, not a haircut yet. If you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom, so she wove it tightly into the batten of the loom and said to him, take uh, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. Then she said to him, well, before we get into that, what this is, it's really kind of confusing what this, this is. And you, you can't get this from the English. There's, I don't think there's any way you can get that at all. But I'm told from people who get into the, the actual Hebrew and the, the stuff that what it is, it's actually some kind of a, of a webbing, kind of a, a, a really strong uh, string or something like that. And you, you weave this into your hair. So that it's, it's woven into the hair, like they do with some of those, uh, uh, things, you know, they, they weave into the hair, the, what do they call those red things and the blue things and the stuff, they actually weave it into the hair, with extensions and the feathers and the stuff like that, where it's actually part of the hair. So you, but you take all, his hair has not been cut. So you take all this hair and you weave it with this, this, uh, thing, so it's attached. And then you take this and you tie it to this part of the house. And so he's actually attached now by his head to part of the house. And so what he does is they say, the Philistines are upon you. And he wakes up and he sees that he's tied to the part of the house. And he, this is how strong he is. This is the anointing of strength that comes on him. He yanks and the house, the beam and this in the house comes out and the hair doesn't break. <laughs> now you tell me how this happens by accident. If you're trying to rationalize in your head, well, it just happened that my hands got bound up by <laughs> this, this weaving doesn't happen by accident. And so afterwards, this thing is still woven in his head. So someone's got to help him unweave it. wonder who that was. Probably Delilah. Then she said to him, probably while she's unweaving the, the thing that she just tied into his hair, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have told me where your great... And not told me where your great strength lies. How many of you know what Samson should have done at this point? Run, <laughs> Run get away. It should have happened way before this. It, a sensible person would have done it, right? That's why I tell you, guys, when you fall in love, you are not sensible. You will do stupid things. Just realize that you are capable of it so that when it happens, you are not surprised. <laughs> have people in your life that can slap you outside the face and make you wake up get out of this thing don't do it guys you should have guys that will slap you when you're doing stupid stuff and you should have women in your life that can read the women that are in your life and say no she's bad (laughs) because bad women are are bad oh man they are bad oh they they will take you down samson the philistines there was no one that could take him down but delilah could do not think that you can, you can stand. You better just come to the realization, I am a man of faith, but I have no shot if I get involved with a bad woman. 
Proverbs has all kinds of stuff to say about bad women. And it came to pass when she persisted him daily with her word, which means he's living there. Daily. Kept hitting him. Kept hitting him. Over and over and over and over and over and over. Understand, women, this is the bad side of the women. Do not do this. Do not pester. Do not nag. Do not continually ask the same thing over and over until you get your way. That is following after the example of a Delilah. And don't do it. If you have a case to make, make it through the Word of God. And let it be at that. But this is not the way to go. You may get what you want, but this is not the way to go. We're learning all kinds of stuff about bad relationships here. Told us all kinds of things. Don't follow after. Every, if you see that coming up in you, just realize this is delight. Now, guys don't do this much. They, they do. They can. They are capable of it. But for the most part, they don't. Because guys, when if, all right, you don't want to do that, we go off into something else. It's just. But you know, there are some guys out there that will. I understand that. There are some guys that do some some things that most do not. There are some guys out there that that hit women, and that shouldn't be. I don't understand how that is. Women, if you get involved with a guy and he hits you, something is wrong. (laughs) So she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. (laughs) Do not get connected with a bad woman because your soul will be vexed to death. It is not a good state. It is a bad, bad place. Now, here's the thing. Is Samson married to Delilah? Why doesn't he leave? He does not. He stays because he is in love. (laughs) And he's um, having a little fun, I'm sure, while he's there. And he told her all his heart and said to her, Now, guys, there are so many things not to do. Never share your heart with a bad woman. It will not work well. She will blab things. She will say things. You need to be very careful with who you share your heart with. Because I understand. Girls will share their heart with all kinds of, you know, girlfriends will share their heart. Guys, we don't share hearts. You know, we beat up on each other. We punch each other. We, we check each other into the boards. You know, we, we rough around. We, um, we uh, exhort each other. Uh, and once in a while, you know, we'll get down there and we'll, we'll share these things. But, you know, we'll share our hearts. Girls can share hearts for hours. Guys, five minutes. Right? Five minutes, maybe ten. Ten, we're done. Let's go out and play some basketball. <laughs> that's, that's just, uh, it's just different with, with each one. So he shared his heart. No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all it was in his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines. Does it move her? If you are with a bad woman, guys, if you are with a woman who does not honor God, if you are with a woman that you are in love with, but she is not in love with you, and you think that if I share the very being of my soul with her, as soon as he does this, she is not moved with compassion. She does not fall in love with Samson. She goes and gets the lords of the Philistines. Come up, 
Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Now, each time he, they've come up before, and they've been in the room, he ice on time. What do you think he did to the Philistines? What does he usually do with Philistines when they come against him to take him? He usually kills them. So they may be a little leery about sending some more guys up there. And some of the guys might be saying, oh, I'm not going up there. <laughs> I know what happened to Job. Job, he did, man. <laughs> he is gone. <laughs> I am not going up there. So they may be a little leery. You know, she, she don't care. She wants to get her, you know, $7,000, whatever it's going to be in today's standards. She just wants her money. She doesn't care who dies. She has no concern about how many people gotten beaten up, killed, or whatever. In the course of all this, I stop all my money. That's it. All my money. She wants to be paid. It's a bad woman. Understand this too. A bad woman or a bad man, if you see it on the surface that they are bad, they are bad all the way through. They are bad all the way through. And that's the thing. When your mom and your dad sees that they're bad all the way through, they get scared for you. And they get protective. They may do some things you don't like, but they're trying to be protective of you because they see something that is bad all the way through. This is one gal that is bad all the way through. There is nothing good in this woman. And Samson fell in love with her. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees. And called for a man. You know, he's sitting there laying his head down and she's, oh, go to sleep, go to sleep. And called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. I guess they had been put into seven locks and weaved around or whatever. You imagine falling asleep and not waking up because somebody's shaving you. <clears throat> I, I'm waking up. I don't know about you. I'm waking up. <laughs> They might get one, right? That's what you're saying. You might get one and not get any more than that. But look at this. And you've got to keep this in mind whenever you get connected with a woman that people are telling you is bad. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. She didn't wait for the other guys to come in. She began to torment him. This man who was in love with her, this man who bared his soul, she began to torment him as soon as she felt like he was powerless. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Well, he had been doing so many things before and kept anointing. He touched dead animals, drank of the wine. That didn't seem to affect anything. The Philistines took him and put him out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with brown fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. This is not a good thing. You see, first off, Samson came into lust. He moved from lust into love. He moved from love into deception. And he moves from deception into bondage. You can follow the same pattern that Samson did. You can go the same way. It will start off with lust. You will look upon one of the opposite sex, for nothing more than the physical thing that they do for you. You will fall in love with them. You'll get emotionally involved. You will become deceived. And they will pull you into some deception. They will pull you into doing some things that you wouldn't have done otherwise. And then they will lull you into bondage. Look what they did. They took him 
and put out his eyes. The actual wording is they bored them out. They actually took an auger bit and they bored out his eyes. I mean, no matter which way, it's a bad way to go. But you imagine that, taking a big auger bit and just boring out your eyes. And he can do nothing about it. This guy who no one could contain before. They bored out his eyes. And they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. The lowest position, lowest thing in the world he could be doing. And they would come around they would laugh at him. Here's this great Samson. Samson loses his eyes. He lost his freedom and he lost his dignity. He lost all that because of how this started out. Strongest man in the world of that time. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. If you are a Nazarite and if something occurred in which your Nazarite Nazarite vow was broken, how you reinstated it was you would shave your head and your hair would then grow back and you would follow the Nazarite custom. And then the Nazarite vow would be restored. So what they did by shaving his head was they put him in a path to be restored. His eyes are plucked out. What's Samson's number one problem? He's always lusting after stuff. His eyes are a big big problem. What's the Word of God say about that? <laughs> if your eyes cause you to be offended, pluck them out. Well, he didn't do it. They did it for him. <laughs> no, he, Bible's not talking about doing that literally, but... It literally got done. So he can't lust after anything anymore. Eyes are gone. He can't shave his head. Can't get any, any wine. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, Our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied are dead. So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison and he performed for them. Don't know what he did. I'm sure it has something to do with being blind and not being able to see the things and seeing them stumble around and whatever it was. He wasn't performing acts of strength. And they stationed him between the pillars. Verse 26, And Samson said to the lad who had held him by the hand. Let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. I'm not sure exactly from this description if it's just 3,000 on the roof or 3,000 total. But whatever it is, since 3,000 is the only number that's mentioned, we're going to say that it's 3,000 people, men and women, and the lords of the Philistines, the lords of the Philistines that were there. Notice that he calls his little boy over. You know, put my hands on it. And he doesn't say anything to the little boy. Oh, now look, something bad's going to happen, so you get out of here. Doesn't do that. Why? He's a Philistine. He needs to go. Plus, if he were to tell him that, then he might warn the rest of the people. So the boy is going to die. Then Samson called the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me now, I pray, just this once. How many times we always pray this to God? Just one more time. Just do this one time. Well, he means this because he knows he's going to die after this. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines, period. It should be period, shouldn't it? That I may take vengeance on the Philistines, period. 
That should be the end of the sentence. There should not go any further than that. It should be that he has repented. He has said, I know this is my call. I'm supposed to wipe out Philistines. I need to take vengeance on the Philistines. He doesn't do it. Then I may take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. (laughs) Oh, he's back into this thing where we're doing this stuff for Samson. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple. And he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. If we take the only number that is given to us here, which is 3,000 and the five lords of the Philistines. If that is truly the only number that we have then in killing 3,000, that is more than he killed for the rest of his life. It, and we don't even think he killed. When the numbers we had before, hardly ever. I mean, it was 200 here, it was 100 here, it was 300 here. It was not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of things. Maybe we're not given all, but we know that this was more. If it was 3,000 that was here, if he killed 2,999, we'll say that 6,000 was total, it, it, we're being generous. If we say that he killed 6,000 Philistines over the course of his life, wouldn't that seem to be a pretty decent thing for one guy to be able to do? But if you go into the rest of the book of the Old Testament and you have a song that is written about two men with an anointing on their life to be king and a warrior. And the song goes, Dave, uh, Saul has killed his thousands and David is tens of thousands. David without the anointing of Samson was ascribed at that point and he would kill many more beyond this with ten thousands, tens of thousands. What should Samson have done with his anointing? Samson had an anointing on him that David did not have. But David took even a lesser anointing and did more with it against the Philistines than a man who was called for that purpose and had an anointing for it. There are others as well who did far more. You can look at some of David's mighty men. They did more than Samson did. So Samson wanted vengeance for his eyes. God wanted it for his people. It ends in verse 31. And his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol and the tomb of his father Manoah. And he judged Israel 20 years. It says that his brothers and all his father's household. If he's talking about his parents and other kids, I wonder how those other kids responded to Samson. Being, can you imagine have, have, being a brother? And here's the favorite. Here's this kid who's being spoiled. Here's all these things that they did. But they came on up. And for some reason, the Philistines let them take them. If you had an enemy and you were rejoicing over him being caught and he just killed all the five lords of the Philistines and 3,000 other people, you letting them go? I don't know what got into the Philistines then, but they let them go and they took them on down and judged Israel for 20 years. Put in your outline this. How easy is it to lose sight of the way for the purpose? How easy it is to lose sight of the way that we are to go because we have a wrong purpose. It goes along with some of the things that Ethel was teaching last time. But how easy it is We need to make sure that we hang on to the way that God has told us to walk and the purpose for which he has told us to go. In in our relationships with men and women, 
with the girls and guys that we're going to come up in contact with, you got to make sure that they do not take you along the way. Because understand this, when good meets evil, generally evil corrupts good. It shouldn't be that way, but that's generally how it happens. Your closest friends need to be people who are born again on fire for God, who sharpen you in the things of the Word. You're going to have relationships with people that are unsaved. But if they can be- become too close to a relationship, they can pull you down. You want to make sure that they can't do that. You're going to date somebody? Check them out. Check them out. With a- it's a whole lot easier before your emotions get involved to get mom and dad on the case. Girls, if you're going to date somebody, you make sure you get dad to sign off on it. Because dad will spot a bad guy quick. Same thing, guys. Moms will spot a bad girl fast. Get a hold of them. Let them look on Help them to judge. What do you think? How does this go? And then you need to listen. How often have we seen the case where the, 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 the girl, the guy, brings the thing home and the mom and dad look and, uh, <laughs> and then what happens with the son or the daughter? And we reject the, the authority of the parent and then it's the first thing. We move ourselves out from authority. As soon as we, see our, we move ourselves out from authority, we have no authority. In the New Testament, Jesus meant the centurion, I too am a man under authority. Because of that, I say that this one go and he goes and this one come and he comes. So Satan just loves this because he gets to pull you out from authority. The Word of God says, A man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, not girlfriend. You do not leave the authority of parents until you get married. You don't leave the authority of parents until you get married. And if you move yourself out from underneath that authority prematurely, you lose all authority. Because if you cannot submit yourselves to your parents whom you can see, how can you submit yourself to God whom you cannot? Paraphrase of the New Testament verse, but same meaning. We have got to be careful because we can go the same way that Samson did so easily. If Solomon could fall, I understand that Samson could fall. Samson was a nut. Samson, was, he was a goof. He had no roots. He had no respect for authority. He was primed to fall because of the way he allowed himself to, be, to, to go. But we are not so. We need to stay under authority. When we remove ourselves from authority, it's when we lose authority and the enemy can come in. The devil is seeking those whom he may devour, which means some are not devourable and those who have authority cannot be devoured. So if he can supplant your authority, he can get you. And one of the ways he will do it is this way. He will try and drive a wedge between moms and dads. You think about this, of all the people that you know, how many people who have a strong Christian walk, walking in authority over sickness and disease, walking in authority in their finances, walking in the wisdom of the Word, how many of those people are not under authority? How many of those people are out there doing their own thing? There's a reason for it. 
If he can get you isolated, if he can get you outside, he can devour you, and he will. There are a ton of Delilahs at his disposal, and there are a ton of men on the, on the same side at his disposal, and he can send them where he wants to, and they will come off as that. I told you a story a long time ago, but when I was in the pizza restaurant, working there one during the months that I thought I had missed God and I took the worst job in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I hated being in that place. And I know God told me to be there, but I hated being in there the first couple of months. It was awful. The management was terrible. I liked the work, but there was drugs deals going on in the back. There were people that coming in to work drunk. It was it was just not not a good thing. But I saw some things that happened with women. I had never seen this side of women before. This is the first time. I am uh, basically uh, three years out of high school. And this is the first time I saw this side of women. I saw women connive to pull men down. I saw them speak about uh, guys. They had no concern in the world. And they were willing to throw their bodies at these people to pull them down and to come back afterwards and brag about it. I had never seen that before. They are out there and they will pull you down and you will not know it. You better be careful because Samson did some stupid things. And we can do some really stupid things when our emotions get attached to the things that God says, don't do it. Oh, We can get in bad shape. Stay true to it. Hold true to it. God, let God come through in His Word. Amen. God will come through. God will bring some folks around, some people that will help you out. And oh, it will be better <laughs> than it ever would have otherwise. Just trust in God and go after His way. The devil's going to sow seeds inside your head. Oh, if you don't do this, you, you won't have this and it won't go this way. No, just trust God. Just trust Him. Stay under authority. It's the hardest thing in the world. But if you listen to it, your authority grows. Your understanding of the word will grow. And you will move into things that other people can just shake their head at and say, how do you move in that stuff? But you can do it. God will help you out. But you've got to stay under authority. You've got to keep on, keep going on the way that God said. Father God, we thank you for the help that you give us. We thank you that in your word are good examples to follow. And in your word are guys like Samson. Just bad all the way around. It shows us so many things we shouldn't do. But no matter how great of an anointing is on our life, it doesn't mean that we will live our life the way that we should. No matter how great a call is on our life, it doesn't mean that we will live our life the way that we should, or that the way that we live our life will compromise the call, what we can fall into, what we can come into for you. There are people who outdid Samson, but Samson should have outdone them all. We should be speaking of Samson as someone who did feats unheard of and that no one did more to stop the Philistines than he did. But he didn't do it because of the way that he lived his life, because of the way that he walked, because he was after what he wanted and he had no authority over him. Father, we want to walk in the way that you told us to walk, with authority yielding to those that you have put us under for the purpose of steering us in your direction. Because we are under authority, we have authority. 
And we will operate in the wisdom of God and not let anyone pull us from it. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.